So let's do this. Won't you grab your Bibles? Come on, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15. They're going to keep playing for just a second as we keep worshiping, as we open God's Word. We love to stand in honor of God's Word. So if you're ready and able and willing to stand, we just love doing that just to show honor where, where honor is due because we love God's Word, don't we? Like, we love God's Word today. So we're going to open it. And if you don't have a paper Bible, we would love to. Come on, let me hear them pages rustle to Matthew chapter 15. Come on. Let me hear them things over there. Okay, I like hearing when we bring our Bible, I'll just tell you every single week, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Right outside at our Connect Corner, we would love to give you a Bible. Now, the generous people of Purpose Church have already paid for that for you. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15, give you a few seconds to get there. Uh, if you're ready for God's Word, somebody say, I'm ready. If you're not ready yet, say, hold up. Okay, I'm going to wait. We're going to wait. That's good. I like it. I like it. Matthew chapter 15, we're in a series called For the One. And uh, I'm just really thankful that you're here. And we want to be a church that's for the one. That yes, we have large crowds of people that are coming every single week, but we don't ever want you to think that you're more that, that you're just one of the crowd. No, no, no. You're one in the crowd. That you God is using you. That God wants to speak to you. That Jesus, multi, I mean, to multitudes would minister to that many people. Yet He never overlooked the one. That's what this series is about. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 15. We're going to talk about it. We're going to actually back it up. I'm, I'm throwing everybody for a loop. Don't worry about putting this up on the screen because it's not going to be there because literally right before service is when I, I, I just thought, let's go to verse 29. I was going to start in 32, but I want to go to verse 29. We're going to read together. Everybody okay with that? It's not going to be, the first three verses are not going to be on the giant screen behind me, okay? Everybody good? Everybody ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Here we go. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 29 says, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee. Watch what it says. And he climbed the hill and he sat down. And a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. And they laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. Come on, that's good news today. You may walk in here, and any of those things can be said of you. And I know exactly where we need to get you to today, and it's the feet of Jesus. crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking. And the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. We ain't even got to what's on the screen. Here we are, alright? Come on, let's just, right now, let's just stop and pray for Israel. Can we do that? God, we come to you right now. We just pray for the people in the Middle East right now. That God, we don't we don't claim to know. We have all the answers or questions uh, answers to the questions that many people are asking. But we just know that you are a God of all people. That you have a heart for all people and love all people. But God, right now we pray for the protection of Israel. We pray, God, that you would just be with the people of Israel. God, that you would protect them, that God, you would be, uh, that, that in the Middle East right now, that Jesus, you would bring peace where there seems to be chaos, that your name would be lifted up, that your name would be high, and that we're going to praise the God of Israel today, but we love you, we honor you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse 32, now for the screen, here we go, all right? Then Jesus, I just love that so much, 29 through 31, because what it tells me is that they were hungry to get a glimpse of Jesus. It's like what we sang a second ago. And my thing is, is they literally climbed the mountain, climbed the hill, 
They were lame, crippled, couldn't walk. Imagine getting your friend up a hill to Jesus. That's what they were doing. I love that so much. Then watch what happens. Then Jesus called his disciples to him. He said, I feel sorry for these people. I have compassion for these people. They have been with me for three days. How many days? Come on, there we go. Three days, and they have nothing left to eat. And I don't want to send them away hungry, or they will faint along the way. The disciples said this. They replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? I want you to see the difference in how Jesus, what he says about the people and what the disciples say about the people. We'll talk about that in a second. Where we get such a, uh, uh, where are we going to be uh, getting enough food to feed this huge crowd? But Jesus asked them, how, mi- how much bread do you have? They replied, seven loaves, a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down and cruise on the ground. Come on, somebody, right? Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, broke them into pieces, gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. Watch what it says. They ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. Watch this verse right here. This is what tripped me up a little bit with the Sunday school people that taught us this story back in the day, all right? Watch what it says. That there were 4,000, how many people? 4,000 men and who, who were fed that day in addition to all the women and the children. How many of us have ever heard the feeding of the 5,000? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Did you know that Jesus did it again? Did you know that? Okay, maybe you did. Maybe I just didn't know that. Did anybody in Sunday school learn about the feeding of the 4,000? Not many of us. How much today is like, okay, a couple, good, good. I'm glad, yes. I'm glad that they knew that. Because some of us didn't. Come on, somebody, right? How many of us, this is the first time we've heard of the feeding of the 4,000? Okay, well, we're going to talk about it today because I think the Lord's going to speak to us through this text today. And I'm praying for the title of my message, this is what we would have, a heart for the one. That we would have a heart for the one like Jesus did. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen, amen. High five your neighbor on the way through. And give them a uh, high five and tell them how much you love them and you care about them. And you're glad you're, you're sitting next to them today. I love it. What a handoff. Great handoff. I like that. Well, awesome. Well, I'm so thankful for you. I, I, uh, I want to start out today. Obviously, we're in this series called For the One, and I am thankful for For the One. I'm glad that we are a church um, that, yes, is going to reach a lot of people, but we're never going to overlook the one. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you today. Um, that wherever you might be, we are so excited that you're here, and uh, and maybe you're watching online. Come on, can we give it up for everybody that's watching online right now? Come on, I like that. Love it, love it, love it. Well, I want to ask this question. I love asking a question to get everybody on the same page together as we're walking through and starting this today, and and I've had a monster this morning, so y'all just get ready for me today, because I'm about to bring, I don't know, I might talk like an auctioneer today. Y'all just get ready, okay? And, uh, but I have to ask this question, because I think some of us, I think a lot of us in the room would answer it, we don't have enough of this, okay? And so what I would love to just throw out, I want you to throw out to, uh, to me, this is kind of an interactive uh, portion of the sermon today, like I want you to, actually the whole thing, I want you to be interacting a little bit, because again, I am ADHD, so like we're going to work together today, but h- how many of us in the room would say, you know, there's some stuff in my life that I just don't have enough of, anybody out there, come on somebody, wave at me if that's you. And, and, okay, so now I want to know, what, it, what are some of those things that you do not, let's keep it G-rated, just whatever it is, okay, but what is something that you just don't seem to have enough of? Come on. I heard time. Come on, anybody out there in the room say, you know what, if I just had some more time, come on, somebody, all right, all right, good. Anybody else? What, it, what else? 
Money. Way do I get my money, right? Okay, yeah, like anybody out there. Come on, Lord. Oh, we just need some more money in the house. Come on, I'm, I'm going to raise my hand. Yes. All right? I think all of us, if we can use a little bit more money, that seems to be like, ooh, that'd be good. What else? Anything else? Jesus. Yes, I like that answer a lot. All right? I like that. What else? Patience. Anybody, any parents in the room need a little more patience. Come on, somebody, right? Woo, man. Come on. I need some patience. Anything else? Come on. What else? Somebody say energy. Energy? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I need more energy. I need more. I like that. I, I think if we, we don't have enough of it, what else? What else is there? You ain't got enough gas? Come on, somebody. Somebody needs some gas in the truck. I know it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I need some more gas, all right? It, I know my alley's over there like, yeah, me. I never fill my car up. That's, that's uh, Al, she never does. Lord help her. Um, all right, what else? One, a couple more, a couple more. Sleep. Come on, somebody. Who could use some more sleep in the house? All right. Listen, and I always say this. I give this out there. Like, if you could sleep during my sermon, you need to sleep because Lord knows you can't fall asleep in a, something like this today, all right? But if you need some sleep, go ahead, sleep. That, the Lord's going to wake you up in just a second. It's going to be great. All right, I think, I think a lot of us, if we could be honest, there's some things in our life that we feel like we are lacking in, right? There's some things in my life, it just never seems like there's enough there. And uh, when I think about it, I think about this story right here as I was praying through it this week. And I got to thinking, you know what, it's kind of the same way these disciples were. That there just didn't seem to be enough. Just wasn't enough, right? And I'm going to file a complaint with the Sunday school committee. Come on, somebody, whoever that is, right? Like whoever's over that committee, I'm going to file a complaint with them. You know why? Because I never heard about the feeding of the 4,000 growing up, but I did about the 5,000, right? I heard about the feeding of the 5,000 and the five loaves and the two fish and the 12 baskets left over. Come on, we heard that one before, right? But I never heard of this 4,000, again, the feeding of the multitudes where he fed 4,000 men plus the women and children. I got to thinking about that, and I came to just speak some faith over you today. I came to encourage you at the, out of the gate today. Listen to me. If God did the miracle once, guess what? He's got the power to do it again. Come on, that's good news today, all right? If God, if God healed you once, he's got the power to do it again. If God opened the door once, he's got the power to do it again. If God came through when it looked like nothing else was going to come through once, he's got the power to do it again. If God forgave you and gave you a second chance once, he's got the power to do it again. Come on, somebody. Is anybody thankful for a God that can do it again? I'm thankful. So listen to me. Look at me. Don't let an election, a diagnosis, a bill, a prognosis, a report, a denial, a decision make you question the power of your God. It's your history with God that should be able to give you faith and strength to face whatever you're facing right now. Because you know why? He did it once. What? He can do it again, right? He can do it again. I'm going to challenge you with that. So, and I want to encourage you with that today. Okay, he, he did it once. Jesus can do it again. And we find this right here in this passage of Scripture where Jesus does it again. Verse 32, it says that Jesus called the disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. That they have been with me for three days. If you go back to that original language that the Bible is written in, in the New Testament was Greek. It was written in that. If you go back and look at that word, that phrase, 
What Jesus was saying is that, guess what? The lame, the crippled, the blind, the, all of those people that are coming to me, they have been with me. They've been sticking to me. They, they've been pulling on me. They've been pressing in on me. They've actually been receiving from me. Like, there is this real attachment that has been going on. And I got to thinking about it. They, they've been with Jesus for three days, and I got to thinking in my head, and I want to encourage you today, and I got a message for you today. If you feel like you fit any of those categories, blind, lame, crippled, desperate, hurt, lost, let me encourage you with something today. Stay with Jesus because when you do, good things happen. That when you stay with Jesus, some good things are about to take place. So Jesus sees them. He says, I feel sorry to have compassion for these people because they got nothing left to eat. And I don't want to send them away hungry or they'll faint along the way. And then the disciples replied, where in the world, Jesus? Are we going to find enough food here in the wilderness for such a crowd? Now, I want you to see the difference between what you see Jesus and how he uh, uh, actually talks about the people versus what the disciples say. And this is what I want you to see. The disciples saw a crowd, but Jesus saw the people. Right? The disciples saw a crowd. Jesus saw the people. I tap your neighbor and say, it's all in how you see it. Go ahead, let them know. It's all how you see it. Tap your neighbor that you pick second that's already mad at you right now. Say, it's all in how you see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all in how you see it. You got, you got to see it the way that Jesus sees it. And Jesus, the Bible says, is moved with compassion. He, is, he feels sorry for these people. Actually, six times in the Bible, Jesus is moved with compassion. And Jesus pulls his disciples aside and says, I got compassion for what they are lacking in. What they, what they don't feel like there's enough of, I have compassion for them in this. And I'm reminded that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I want you to know something. That does not mean in your life that you're never going to lack. It does not mean in your life that there's never going to be a time where it feels like I don't have enough. But it does mean that every time in area of your life where you do not have enough, that the Lord is faithful. And that he will never leave me in my lack or turn a deaf ear to me when I reach out to him, when I pray to him. No, in fact, the God that we serve has compassion towards us. Is there anybody grateful that the God of the universe has compassion towards you? Come on, is everybody thankful for that today? And, and what I'm asking that we would do as a church and as individuals that make up this church is that we would model the God of the universe and show compassion to people, and we would have a heart for the one. That every single day when you wake up and you go to your job, or you wouldn't just see it as another co-worker of mine. Or we wouldn't just see it as, oh, this blanket statement of Murray, Kentucky, or, or, or just another student at Murray State. No, no, no. We would see the one, we would see the person that is in the crowd just like Jesus did. The way that Jesus did, that he had compassion, not only sees a need, but he says, you know what? The, the, like, compassion doesn't just see a need and put it in neutral. Come on, somebody. That's not what compassion does. What does compassion do? Compassion sees a need and does something about it. It's putting it in drive and saying, okay, I'm going to lead to some action here. We're going to do something about it. And that's what Jesus does. Boys, I got this. I, I got some compassion for these people. They've been with me for three days. Now let's create a Captain D's out here in the middle of nowhere and get them some food. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, them cracklings at Captain D's. Come on, anybody out there? You know what I'm talking about? Lord, them things is blessed in heaven. They're going to be there. I just know it, okay? But like, 
That's what Jesus says. Then watch the disciples reply. What's the disciples say? Where are we going to get enough food out here in the middle of nowhere, Jesus? Come on, we in the middle of the wilderness for such a huge crowd. So Jesus saw the people. The disciples saw the crowd. So think about it for just a second. I love to role play. Like I'm in the moment. Like where these disciples are. And they're probably thinking, yo, Jesus, that's a good idea. I really like it. I really like what you're talking about. But let's do some calculating here. Like let's work on some calculations. Um, they're, they're, I don't seem to have any service on my phone out here, so DoorDash ain't working, Jesus, you know? Like, it's just, where in the world, how are we supposed to do that? How are we supposed to get food out here in the middle of nowhere for such a huge crowd? We don't have an app for that. We in the middle of nowhere, and we do not have enough, right? Come on, anybody ever been there before? You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, and you feel like, I ain't got enough. What am I supposed to do? And this is what I want to challenge you with today. It's not always a lack of provision But actually, it might be a lack of vision. It's not always a lack of provision, providing what you have. It may be a lack of vision that you have. Because this is what I want you to know, is that Jesus didn't have any bread either. Did you know that? Did you notice that? Jesus didn't have any bread in his possession. Actually, the disciples had more physical provision in their possession than Jesus did. Right? They had more. But what they lacked was something that Jesus had. What they lacked was compassion. What they lacked was seeing it the way that Jesus saw it. And this is what I like to think a lot of times is that, uh, uh, again, it's not necessarily a provision problem in our life. I think sometimes it becomes a priority problem. So it's not just a a provision like, okay, there, there might be enough there. It just becomes a priority problem. Like, again, as we all just said a second ago, all those things that we talked about, yes, there's limits with those things. Like, my time, it's a limited resource. My, my, my money is a limited resource. But here's the thing. If I can never learn to put God first on the priority list in those areas, how do I come to Him about a need that He tried to meet through a priority that I was never willing to set? Right? Like, let me challenge you with that. Because this is what I want you to know is that God has a big vision for your life. That God has a big purpose for you. That's why we've named this church Purpose Church. Because guess what? What the world meant for evil, what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. And guess what he wants to do? He wants to use everything, like literally in your life, for the good and purpose of those that believe him and love him or are called according to that. And I'm going to challenge you today that God has a big plan for your life. God has a big vision for your life. Tap your neighbor and say, God's got big plans for you. Go ahead, let them know. Let them know. God's got big plans for you. I believe that. I want you to see that. I want you to know that. But listen to me. But does God's vision for your life line up with the priorities of your life? I think that's the question I would ask. God's got a big vision for your life. He wants to use you to make a difference for his son, Jesus But do our priorities line up with that vision? I think a lot of times if we go back and look at this story, there's an emphasis on these guys that we do oftentimes is we emphasize it on ourselves. Like where are we supposed to get enough food, Jesus? Like where are we supposed to be able to make a difference? How how are we supposed to be able to do anything about this, right? And we, we bring the emphasis on ourselves. And I think a lot of times our vision gets blurred because we're only looking at ourselves rather than looking with compassion at others. Have you ever talked, like, everybody, okay, this is going to be a fun science experiment together, okay? Everybody take your hand like this, wave at me. Come on, everybody, I want, I want to all skate. This is everybody participating. Now take your hand. I want you to look at your hand. 
And I want you to bring your hand close to your eyes right here. Come on, we can cross out in this room right now. Come on. How many of us would be honest and say, okay, first of all, I got contacts in my eyes. I'm blind as a bat if I don't, if I don't have them in there, right? But how many of us would recognize that our hand, the closer we get to our face. Now, come on, I'm talking about get close to your forehead face, all right? How blurry is that hand? Pretty blurry, right? I think what happens is the same way with our life in the fact that, guess what? When we're focused on everything around us, other than ourselves, okay, and getting Jesus to that and worried and compassionate about other people, then I believe that life can be pretty clear. But when we're only focused on ourselves, when our, when our attention is only right here, when our focus is only right here, what happens is everything begins to be blurry. And I'm trying to just challenge us today. Guess what? Let's get our priorities right. Let's get our vision right because the Bible tells us where there is no vision, the people will actually perish. And that's why I love this season that we're in right now as a church. We're in a legacy season. We talk about legacy every year. It's something that we give towards one time a year. We don't do special offerings all throughout the year. This one time in our church where we're saying, okay, here's the vision where we're going. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what we're going to see. Here's what we're believing in faith that God is going to do in this place. And I want to encourage you, we, again, I, I'm not going to pressure you. That's not a pressure thing. I just want to cast some vision for what you're seeing. Uh, again, what we're sitting in right now, I, I just want to promise you, like, we have prayed for you for years and years to be here. And then guess what? There's more of your friends and family that we want to go out and reach alongside of each other. And I, I just love to give you some vision. If it's okay today, can I give you about six minutes and eight seconds of some vision? Everybody okay with that? Well, that's, that clock's going to go to zero, and I'm going to keep going past it. Everybody okay with that for just a second? Okay. There is a clock right there. If anybody wants to see, it's like right there. Okay, cool. All right. But I, 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 today, I'm just I'm all the way fired up, so y'all just get ready, because I got some vision for you if you're ready, okay? Are you ready? I'm going to give it to you today, because I think it's very important that we write this thing out plainly, that we make it clear, as Habakkuk says. It's clearly written down. The vision is written down inscribed clearly on tablets so that the one who reads it may run. Guess what? I want you to run with it. I want to run with this vision with you. Let's go after it. And I got some things I want to, I want to just share with you. Because again, as we head into this next week of our legacy offering is next Sunday, and it's not going to be anything weird. It's never anything weird. It's just like, okay, hey, it's just like kind of what we did today. We're going we're gonna to say, okay, we're, we're praying about what God is going to continue to do in our church. And next Sunday is our legacy offering Again, we're not, again, we're going to pass the offering containers just like what we always do. That's going to be how we do it. But I want to give you some vision behind what we're giving towards. And my thing that keeps me up at night all the time is this question. If our church no longer existed, would the community of Murray, Kentucky notice? Like if this church no longer had services on a Sunday, we no longer did what we, we feel like we're called to do, would our community notice? And that's the thing that keeps me up at night. That's the thing that I just want to drive when it comes to the legacy offering that we're giving towards and giving towards the vision and the future of this house. Like, I want to share that with you today. And so I got some things that I'm going to share with you. First of all, this is what God has done. Here's where we're going. Everybody okay with that? Everybody good? About six of us said, everybody good? Okay, good, good, good. good. So here's some 2023 wins I want to share with you today. And I want you to lose your mind when I say a couple of these at the very beginning, okay? You ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. In 2023 alone, so far this year, we have seen 133 people give their life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Listen, that is a win, right? That's the touchdown. 
That's when the Cowboys score in the Super Bowl. That's the win. Okay? I, I want everybody to understand that when one person meets Jesus, all of heaven parties, we've seen 133 of them this year. That all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to Jesus. And it's going to be about the one. Why do we count? Because you matter to God and you matter to us. And we count those people. And it's not just hands that go up. It's conversations that we have. And I'm going to share something with you of that 133. Watch this next little drop down. Boom. 58 of them were from Vibe Night in our youth ministry. Don't tell me. Listen to me. Don't tell me that God is not moving in this generation. And we're going to be a church that's all about it. 58 students that are different because of meeting Jesus. Let's stinking go. All right? Let's go. I'm all about that. Okay, I'm going to share the next one with you. I want to give you a little preface really quick. The average church actually baptizes about four uh, people a year. And I, I say that not to throw shade at anybody because, man, I'm just telling you, I am the big, I'm a huge component of cheering other churches on. Those four people mean something to God. They mean something to that church, their family, to us. We're so thankful. Honor is our posture. I love that other churches are baptizing people and preaching Jesus, all right? But I wanna, I'm also excited about what God is doing in this house. And within this house, guess what? We've had 106 people go public with their faith in Jesus in 2023. Come on, that's a golf clap. That's just kind of mediocre. Come on, can we thank God for that today? 106. That's a lot. And we got one more baptism happening in December. So if you have not been uh, baptized, if you have not gone public with your faith in Jesus, that Jesus has made a difference on the inside of you, you want to tell everybody, let everybody know that, December is coming up. You can be a part of that. That I want to just share that with you. I want to let you know our attendance this year. I like to just give kind of a health checkup. Everybody okay still? Everybody good? 717 is our average attendance in this year. This time last year, we were actually averaging about 547 at this time, which is up 31% at this time, oh, year over year from last year. Let me tell you, over the last eight weeks, though, you've been inviting your friends, you've been bringing your family members, and we have actually averaged 784 people the last eight weeks. And I say that to say, listen, listen, oh, that was fun. That was kind of like, whoo, really fun. I say that to say, yeah, yeah, all y'all just all about the numbers. There's a book in the Bible called it. We see right here in our story, we didn't, they didn't say, oh, about 397 or about, I said 4,000 men and women and children were involved. Listen, I just want to challenge you. We count what's important to us. And I want to tell you, like, you, you count how much money, we count how much money is in our bank because it's important to us. Like, you personally, me personally, because it's important. Why would we think that, you know what, following up with people that are, that, that are showing up for the very first time or giving their life to Jesus or getting, being baptized, why is that a number that we wouldn't celebrate? We're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate that. There's been 459 first-time guests at church this year. You've invited them. I, you've, you've brought them with you. They're sitting next to you. I couldn't do that. You did it. I'm proud of you. Keep doing it. Let's keep going. Let's add a third service. Let's go. I'll bring this energy all three services, all right? Like, let's go. Our team will bring it. Like, what, what, hey, we need you in Purpose Kids. Come on, sign up to be in Purpose Kids. Because, man, we need you because we're about to reach more kids together. I'm just challenging us today. Like, next one attendance, 148 people that wanted to take a next step into this church. Uh, 96 people went to next 
82, which obviously is jumping on the team. New members, we've had 87. Year-to-date giving, weekly giving has jumped an average of 14% year over year. It's now $12,868 a week. I want you to see something. What God is doing is a miracle, and I am so glad to be a small part of it with you. And I want to tell you that where we're going from this point on, God is just getting started. And legacy offering, we have three things. We're going to kind of three lanes that we love to go with. Outside our walls, the next generation, and purpose projects. Outside our walls, purpose projects, next generation. Again, I'm asking the question to our team. They're hearing me say it all the time. I want to challenge us. Listen, if our church no longer existed, would our community notice? And we're going to go outside our walls. This last year, we had a chance for the first time to go and put shoes on every kiddo's foot at North Elementary School here in Callaway County. 324 students, I'm pretty sure is how many it was at the time. And listen to me. We got that same dream again this next year. We're going to do it. We're going to put it. But but here's where the dream gets real crazy. You ready? We're going to put them on every kid's foot in Callaway County and Murray this next year. Every one of them, all 2,136 kids that live in this county, we're going to put a brand new pair of shoes in Jesus' name on their foot. Come on, let's do it together. Let's be about outside of our walls that we're going to go and make a difference for Jesus. Like, let's go, right? The Safe Haven Baby Box, you'll see that, um, that, that title pop up right there. I want to let you know what that is. And I've actually, our church has already committed to it on your behalf that we're going to buy this thing for $15,000. Uh, which is partnering with a local organization called Lifehouse. And uh, we, we, are telling, we told them, hey, we want to be a part of the solution. And uh, again, what a safe haven baby box is, just so you know, is actually what it is, is, is like if there is a mother that does not want uh, their child or whatever they may be whenever they are born, they can actually take this baby into the actual, this box that's heated, cooled. It's literally, you can't open and close it once it's shut. The, the, the baby's perfectly safe, perfectly fine. It's at the fire station, and Murray, Kentucky is getting one, and you're a part of that. And we're saying, you know what, not on our watch are we going to see our community suffer, our little babies suffer in Jesus' name, that we're going to do whatever we got to do to make sure that they got a family that, that loves them, that cares for them, and we're for them. Come on, we love that. That's something we're a part of. Some we're giving towards. I gotta go. It's a we gotta roll. We gotta roll this thing downhill really quickly. Y'all ready? I'm about. To, this is where I'm about to start talking like an auctioneer. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Uh, Needline Food Project. You already know about it. Last year we had to have a U-Haul take it, but this year you're gonna pack the U-Haul when you bring it on that Sunday, December third. Fill that bad boy full on your behalf. We're also paying for every uh, carton of eggs that literally is needed at Needline. And not only on top of that, we're paying for some meat to go with every single meal that we're feeding 450 families for Christmas because of your generosity. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. And in Easter... And our egg drop, we do it every year. We've done it for years. And I'm just telling you, it's the largest outreach event that we've ever done and ever do. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to ratchet it up a little bit. You're going to want to be a part of it. But that's something that we're giving towards outside of our walls to go and serve Murray and Callaway County. Within our walls, Purpose Projects. We're growing. You saw that at a fast rate. We need some more leadership. We need some more staffing uh, to go with that. And I just want to, because we want to make sure you're pastored well. 
and cared for and, and service experience upgrades. We're going to keep pushing the limit when it comes to just reaching people for the gospel. Then I know you're going to get excited about this. This last year we had a men's night. Come on, where are my men at in the room? Let's go. Let's go. All right. Now this year we're going to have men's night. Guess what? This next year we're also going to have ladies night. Come on, somebody. All right. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to be great. Can't wait for that. It's something that we want to be a part of and giving towards. And then marriage night, we're going to work on the family as well. Because, again, what Satan wants to do is destroy the family. But we're going to say, okay, I know what you want to go after, Satan. But we're going to go after it and attack it in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. Uh, the last couple of things going to be facilities and properties. Again, we're going we're gonna to add services as much as we can to invite as many people into this place. And I just believe future facilities, future land. All kinds of stuff is on the table when it comes to this. You're setting in what has been a legacy dream for years that we had a chance to lease this facility and come in and retrofit it alongside an incredible family in our community. And I just want to tell you um, that, that, listen, I just believe God for even more so we can reach one more. So we can reach one more person, the next generation. And I'm going really fast. Here we go. A service experience upgrade for our kids on the other side of this wall. I want nothing in this area to shake a stick at what they can get at, at Purpose Kids. Like, I don't want... I don't know if anybody goes to Chuck E. Cheese anymore, but Chuck E. Cheese ain't going to have nothing on Purpose Church. Come on, somebody, right? Ain't going to have nothing on them. And they're going to be able to come here and experience Jesus on their level, but it's going to be a blast. There's going to be different experiences that they need, some service upgrades that we need to do. Uh, I've talked about an LED wall and some lighting and sound and check-in facility for them that's going to be upgraded. Then Purpose Kids Conference next summer, we do it every single year where we invest in your child, my child, to say, hey, I believe something is in you. God wants to use you. There is no junior Holy Spirit that we're going to call you to something greater than what the world is calling you to, that God has a standard and God has a, a, a message that he wants to get out through you. That's going to happen next, sun, uh, next summer. And then guess what? Next summer we got the dream of taking 100 students to youth camp. 100 students next summer. Guess what? They need leaders. Guess what? We need some volunteers that are doing that. On, on top of that, you know what we need? Some people that can say, hey, you know what? I can't afford to go. I never want money to be an option of why a kid can't go hear about Jesus on their level for a week. And we get a chance to be a part of that. All right, everybody good? We got to land this plane real fast, okay? So here's, here's, my, here's my heart for you. Jesus asked the guys, hey, hey, guys, listen, how much bread do you have? It's not necessarily a provision problem, it's a vision problem. How much bread do you have? And I love the fact that I want to challenge you with the fact of stop focusing on what you've lost and what you don't have compared to what other people have. But, but God is asking you, what do you have? What are the resources at your disposal? What about the time, talent, and treasure that God has given you? That means what you have to do is take inventory on what God has given you. you got to look at your life. you got to look in your cabinet. Come on, somebody, and see if you got any bread. Come on, somebody. I, I, I did not actually, I got to church today, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I left the bread at home. So we had somebody on our team ran over to the food giant. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember when it was stories back in the day? Come on, somebody, all right? That's some OG Ramirez Murray folks. Uh, right here, got a, got a bread. Don't be judging my bread right now. Come on. You're looking at my bread. It's my bread right here. And I, 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 I got to thinking about it like this is our loaf of bread. And I think about this loaf of bread. And I think a lot of times it's easy to look at somebody else's bread on Instagram and like their bread. Right? Sometimes it's easy to look at somebody else's life and say, man, I don't have what they got. I, I'm not in the same stratosphere as them. I, I could never do what they're doing. I could never. And I just want to challenge you really quick. 
Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? And they replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. Notice something really quick about this. That Jesus didn't ask how many fish they had. He only asked how many loaves they had. But watch what happened. It was in the process of looking for the loaves that they found that they also had some fish too. Right? It was in the process of them taking inventory of what God had given them that they actually found out that they had more than they even thought they did. That they actually had some extra there. And so my challenge for us is that you and I, we got to stop complaining about what we don't have. Start being thankful for what we do have and what God has given you. And you and I will find out that's more than enough when we give it to God. When we put it in his hands. So come on, y'all come up, team, y'all come up. Y'all are looking so good back there in the back. Y'all just come on up here in the front. So I land this plane very quickly, all right? Play them spirit keys, Kyle, Maurice Howard. Come on. All right. Last two things. I'm going to land it as quickly as I can. I've got another page of notes. We're going to worry about that another day, okay? This is, this is what I want to tell you. Yours and my job is obedience. God's job is the outcome. Okay? Jesus' job is the outcome. In their hands, this wasn't enough. Isn't that what all of us sometimes feel like, though? Isn't that if you were take, to take inventory in your own life, wouldn't you and I say, you know what, I'm not enough. I'm just not enough. I just don't cut it, man. I've tried. There's no way he could use what I'm, I, I have to make a difference. I'm just not enough. There's no way I'm enough. I, I, I'm trying to be the best mom I can, but, I, man, I'm struggling. I'm trying to be the best husband I can, but I'm struggling. I'm trying to be the best business leader I can, but I'm struggling, and I never feel like I'm enough. And I think about that, and I want to challenge you today. What I have to offer, honestly, is not enough. But, but, but what I have to give, you probably think, I, I, I'll never make a difference with it. But here's my heart for you. It will never be enough as long as it's in your hands. As long as it's in your hands. Because if it's in your hands, in my hands, we're trying to control it. But when we take what God has given us, and we put it into his hands, watch what happens. He takes it, the Bible says, thanks God for it, broke it into pieces, gave back to the disciples who distributed it, the food to the crowd. Isn't it crazy that the multiplication happened through participation from the disciples? Right? Jesus blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them, and the multiplication happened when the disciples got in and participated, it took some faith. It took some, it took some courage. Can you imagine really quick? This is like the most inefficient miracle ever, right? You got thousands of people and you got 12 disciples. Like Jesus, couldn't you come up with like a Chick-fil-A drive-thru in a matter of seconds? Come on, somebody. I know it might have been a Sunday, but we open on Sunday just for you, Jesus, right? Like, like, like surely so, this is going to take forever. It's going to take a long time. This is not the most efficient way to go about feeding all these people. But the multiplication happened through participation. And I'm going to challenge some of us in the room. You want in on the miracle of what God is doing in your life or around you? Guess what? You're going to have to submit your life to Him. You're going to have to give up your plans. You're going to have to give up your lunch plans. Come on, somebody, right? You're going to have to give up some dreams of yours. You got to give up some things that you thought that, that were all about you. And I'm going to have to say, no, 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 God, I got to put them into your hands. Because watch this. 
It wasn't the everyday attender that saw the miracle. It was the one that participated that saw the miracle. And if you can imagine for just a second, man, these guys, oh, man, he go no, that's too much. Come here, Lonnie, you can't have that much. Come on, we got, we got a thousand people. Imagine them doing it, handing it out. Next thing you know, this thing continues to multiply. What Jesus was doing was multiplying. It was going, and it was going out and forth. And what happened was the fact that it fed all of these people, right? It fed thousands of people. And again, what happened was is the disciples doubted Jesus. They doubted what he was saying. But you know what I got a gripe with the disciples about? This ain't the first time Jesus did this, right? That's my complaint. Jesus done done this once. Why don't you have some faith? Like, I get you at the 5,000. Feeding the 5,000, yep, I understand. It took a lot of faith to see that happen, but this already happened once. Bro, where's your faith at? But watch this. How many of us are just like them? Right? I've seen him do it before. I don't know if he could do it again. I'm not going to trust, but God is asking you to trust him. God is asking you to participate. God is asking you to take a step in. Why? Because the message of Jesus is getting out. Watch this. Last thing, I'm landing a plane on this. 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. Let's do a little comparison real quick. The feeding of the 5,000 that took place before this happened, uh, and the disciples had an excuse, and it was, was how, how, how are we going to pay for all this, Jesus, was the excuse. The 4,000, it was the place and the crowd that were the problem. 5,000, this happened in Jewish territory, which you know what that means? Jewish territory meant that, guess what? These are our kind of people. These people look like us, talk like us, act like us, believe like us. Like, these are our own kind of people. But the feeding of the 4,000 happened in Gentile territory. Watch this. A place they never really went with people they never really spent time with. What I came to challenge our church today with was this. Jesus was saying that I have compassion for all people, not just the ones that look like you, act like you, talk like you, have the same beliefs as you. No, my compassion is for all people. And so the feeding of the 4,000 was an experience where Jesus showed his disciples that he was the bread of life. But I'm not just for you or certain types of people, but I came to satisfy all people, that everybody is hungry, that everybody is searching, and I'm going to use this bread, to, I'm going to use you to give this bread to the entire world, because I'm about to call you to leave this place and go to the ends of the earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all over the place, and i got to get you to see that the only way that I see people is the one. I don't see a crowd, I see the one. I see what they're going through, I see what they're walking here with, and my prayer for us during this legacy season help us to see the one like you see the one God help us to see the one help me to see people like you see people Jesus help me to see the one that I usually don't see help me to have eyes to see the the need that I usually don't see God help me to be a part of that and and if you have to break me break me if you have to bless me to give my life away give it away Jesus because sometimes it's in the breaking that he'll make sure that you see stuff that you don't typically see I want to challenge some people in the room. Come on, let's have a heart for the one. Today, we would have a heart for the one. And all over this house, if you wouldn't mind with me, would you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel today. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place to do what only you can do. Minister how only you can minister. Save how only you can save. Speak how only you can speak. Maybe you're in this place and you've never given your life to Jesus. I just want to tell you, he came for the one. That you and I, we're all sinners. The Bible says that we've sinned, we've fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came and he gave his life. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want to tell you that he came for you. He came for you and for me. You may be in this place and you want to give your heart to Jesus today. The Bible says that if we will declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and will believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So if that's you, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, you want to start following Jesus today, say something like this. Say, dear Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? I know I've fallen short. I know I've messed up. But Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for going to a tomb that had my name on it that you got out of the grave and you defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And I put my trust in you today. I'm going to follow you today. Thank you for dying for me. I, I was blind, but now I see. I was crippled, but now I'm healed. I, I was a sinner, but God, I need your forgiveness today. If that's you, prayed something like that. Prayed it word for word. You meant it in your heart, something that you asked Jesus to come in your life and change you. Listen, I want you to know, just like those 133 people that we celebrating on this platform today that have made a decision so far this year, I want you to know that there is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to Jesus. So you're in this place for the one. You may be the only one that raises their hand in a second that says, Hey, I I I give my I gave my life to Jesus today. If that's you, I just want you to know that in a second, this church is going to party. But just know that heaven is partying. So if you're here and you say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus today, I just want you to raise your hand up over your head. And you can drop it right back down. I see you. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. Anybody else can say, hey, that's me. Awesome. Maybe you're here and you just raised your hand. I saw one hand go up. I love that so much. I saw two hands go up. I love that so much. And I want to tell you that we, as a church, want you to know that we care about you so much that we want you to move out of your seat in a second and let somebody know that you made this decision. So we got people on either side of this platform that are ready to receive you, to pray with you. And I want to let you know that we want to walk alongside of you in this new journey with Jesus. And I want to encourage you with that. So maybe you're here. Another way that you can let us know that is that uh, a QR code right there. Uh, in, in the seat pocket in front of you. And if you're watching online, you can text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Well, come on, Purpose Church. Can we celebrate the fact that somebody just gave their life to Jesus today in this place? Come on.